If I'm being honest, I could tell you that I am not a friend of technology. And everybody jokes with me about this all the time just because me and technology don't get along. I truly believe that Satan works through this stuff. He loves to irritate us through technology and the devices that we use, especially the things that we call smart, like smartphones. The other day I was typing on Microsoft Word and every time I entered it would move my cursor around to another spot. I was on my laptop and I was typing things out and it got so slow that the cursor couldn't keep up with where I was typing and it would actually move the cursor to spots that I wasn't even trying to type and it would get things out of order. I, was, I use my cell phone a lot and I love the feature that you can speak to text and I, I'll be just busy and I'll do something and I'll look down and it like creates words that, that don't even exist in the human language. And I'm thinking, why is everything so frustrating? Why does all this technology and the things that we use every single day get so out of whack that it just creates frustration? You get to the point where everything slows down so much or you get that little busy signal as, or the thinking symbol as you're trying to use your devices that you just get so mad you just wanna throw it out the window. And what we do with all of this stuff is we slowly add to it all the time. We download apps, documents, pictures, programs, editing programs, all these different things that we do to make more life more fun or enjoyable, to make things more convenient and easy. Isn't it funny how those little things add up over time and we load down all these devices in our life, we, we, we fill them up so much to eventually they can't even operate the way that they're supposed to operate because they're so overloaded. I got on and I thought, man, I can't keep going like this. What am I going to do? So I looked up on the device thing and tried to figure out how to, how to make it work right. And the thing says you can reset it. You can bring it back to the factory settings to where it works the way that it was designed and created to work. And all of a sudden, it clears out the clutter. It, it, it eliminates all the things that you added to it to slow it down so that it can operate and function the way that it was created to operate and function. I think most of us would agree that this COVID-19 thing has not been fun. It, uh, there's so many things that it's interrupted our lives and changed everything that we're doing. But at the same time, if you think about it, it's really taught us some valuable lessons. It's really made us step back and view life and view church and view family and view everything that was involved in our lives differently. And I started thinking about that. I believe that maybe God was using this whole circumstance, this whole thing right now to maybe reset some things in our life. Maybe some things that just like our laptop and computers, we, we've allowed things to add and add and add. And all of a sudden, we're no longer functioning in the basic principles and ways and plans that it was intended to be because we've added so much to it that it's slowed down, it fails, it malfunctions. All these things begin to fall apart because of the fact that we added to it. And then God steps in. And I believe that God works in mysterious ways. And I believe that all things work together for good. So all of a sudden, maybe God's using through COVID-19 to reset some things in our lives. And I started thinking about that when it comes to the home, when it comes to family. Right now, you're probably thinking, why is he shooting uh, this live video right now from the perspective of a house? I want you to know why I'm doing this. Because you're sitting in your home right now, and I'm sitting in my home. This is where I raise my family. This is where we eat. This is where we talk. This is where we connect. And as God was telling me and working in my heart about things that need to be reset in our lives and things that maybe have gotten 
out of control or lost their purpose or have gotten away from God's plan, that we need to reset these things. And I think one of the primary things that we could look at is the home. It's our families. I've thought about through this whole thing with COVID-19. Have you noticed how many more families are connecting? People are together. They're sharing stories. They're building memories. They're out in their yards. They're doing projects. And I thought none of this would have happened before unless something would have interrupted our lives for us to be almost forced to go back and and start to reset some of these things. I, I thought our economy might be hurting right now, but I truly believe that our families are being helped in a way that they've needed to be helped. God is decluttering our families. He's resetting some things, clearing our desktops out to to be able to allow the basic functions of these things to get back. This is so important. You say, why? You got to think. God created everything in such a way that it would work. He created uh, society to work. He created the world to work with days and nights and weathers and seasons and everything works in sync, even for when the rain comes in and sunshine and the seasons to grow things. God created the family to work. It works. God didn't create it to dysfunction, to fail, to freeze up, if you would put it that way. God didn't create it that way. He created families to be able to uh, operate in such a way that they're productive and, and, and peaceful and happy. One of my family's favorite TV shows and things that we love to watch on Netflix and stuff is a show called How It Works. And, and it's fascinating because what they do is they break down uh, some of the things that we use all the time, uh, um, you know, like how, the, how do they make ice cream cones or how do they make jelly beans or how do they make a violin and all these different things. Uh, there's one on how they make hot dogs. I, I recommend that you don't watch that one, but uh, everything else is pretty cool. And, and so you, you get into these things and they, they start off at the beginning of the show and they say, let me show you how it all begins. And they go back to the original foundational principles or the foundational elements of what it takes at the beginning to build things up. You guys realize if we, really, if we were to think about this when it comes to life and society, God would say when it comes to government, the world, the economy, education, everything, everything would be funneled back to the beginning of the foundation, which is the family. It's the home. Everything starts off this way. Everything's based on this. Leadership comes from the home. Education starts in the home. Character, self-discipline, honesty, integrity, everything that is needed to function in the world, and especially the things that irritate us in the world, began or didn't begin in the home. God created marriage, then he created the family, then he created all these things to come out of that. But at the foundation of it, it was the home, it was the family, it was all created by God, and it has to operate God's way. It doesn't work any other way. And I think man tries to manipulate and fix and and put all these things in it to try to make it better or to improve things. But reality, if it doesn't work the way that the creator created it to work, if it doesn't go back to the factory reset of how God designed it, it's never going to work. It's never going to function. And right now, our society is struggling. they're, They're going through things and families are frustrated and homes and schools and uh, politics. Look at politics with the slander and, and the backbiting and the backstabbing and all the things that go on in that. You think all of those things funnel back to there's a lack of integrity, lack of honesty, a, a lack of morals, all these things. So I want to go back to the home 
Maybe we should reset some things in our life to get back to the home of getting it back to where it should be. Now, I'm going to read a passage right now that you're probably going to think, man, I've heard that, and that's great, and those are important principles, but it's not a foundation. Can I prove to you and show you through Scripture how this is a foundation? The Bible says in Ephesians 6.1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, and it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long upon the earth, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you right now, what I'm reading you, what I'm studying in the Bible right now in this passage, this totally goes against culture. You have to be ready for that. Because right now you'd say, well, that's not popular and people don't do that. And that's not how people think. Absolutely. But let me tell you how they're thinking what culture is doing is failing. It doesn't work. It's not, it's, it's not functioning. We have a dysfunctional world that we live in. It, you, you have to ask the hard question, why is that? Why do we have so much divorce? Why do we have kids that can't even figure out their identity? Why do we have kids that grow up and don't even know if they want to be back in church? Why, why do we go through all of these things and there's stress and division? Because it's not working. It's like our laptops that we, we're sitting there frustrated, ready to throw it out the window because it's not functioning right. When we need to sit back and figure out why. It's not time to throw the family out the window. It's to figure out what's wrong with the family. When it comes to families not working, it, it's making it to where the world's not working either because of the thing that it's not going back to the beginning of this. God created it to work. It's supposed to be a place of blessing and joy, foundational things to, to create memories. But at the core of all of this, it starts right here in the simple verse that we grew up memorizing. And it says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now this passage right here is giving us God's plan for children in the home. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, okay, I'm done. I'm checking out. I don't have kids. Maybe you're past that age. You're single, whatever. I get that. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because when we get to passages like this, number one, it's important because it's God's word and it's in the Bible. Number two, because this affects all of us. Whether you're teaching people in the church, whether you're leading, whether you have nieces or nephews, whether you're way past that age, but you can mentor and pass this down to other people, because I think the idea is that somebody else's job to take care of that or know that is one of the reasons why we're struggling in our society to begin with. God's given us the full counsel of God to understand principles to teach and lead and help others. This word children in this passage is used in a broad sense. You look in the Bible and it has it all over from infants to young adults. But in this passage is literally talking about anybody that's under the authority of their parents. And it gives us instruction, children, obey your parents. So let's break this down. See, in the home is where children learn obedience. You say, well, that's a, that's a no-brainer. It, it sounds like a no-brainer, but do you understand that obedience is one of the foundational principles for the rest of our lives? It doesn't just come and go. It will be with us forever. When we get older, we have to learn to obey traffic signals. We have to obey traffic laws. We have to go to school and obey our teachers. Every one of us, it doesn't matter what phase of your life is, you're in, you still have to learn obedience. Obedience means that we're teaching them to submit to authority. It means that somebody or something is above you that you have to put yourself under your will, your desires, under subjection to them and, and submit to them. This means that they have to take their will 
and say no to themselves to submit to what is higher authority that's placed in their life. Through this, we're constantly teaching boundaries. That's what obedience is. Here's the line. And the whole Bible is filled with lines. It tells us, don't go past this because this is dangerous or this will hurt you to submit to their authority, to submit to God's authority. If they learn this principle of obedience, it will help them for the rest of their life to understand there will always be boundaries. There's boundaries for a reason. There's authority. There's people over us and we have to do this. So we're constantly, as parents, we're building into them to have a heart of submission, a heart to recognize obedience, and this principle will never leave them. You say, this is not a big deal. Let me tell you, this is huge. The Bible even compares rebellion in 1 Samuel 15, 23. It says rebellion or rejecting obedience or rejecting authority or crossing lines is as the sin of witchcraft. How many sins do you know in our lives that you would compare to witchcraft? But the Bible gives us one. He said stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you realize that if it's God that taught us obedience and the basic principle, and we push this away, in order to push God's way out, we allow Satan's way in. You remember that. and You say that I'm not going to teach my kids to obey, or I'm not going to set up laws and rules for them to follow and not teach them that. You are setting them up to allow Satan to come into their life. You say, that's not a big deal. That's huge, because that's what Satan wants us to believe, that it's not a big deal. In the home, children ought to learn obedience. Here's the second thing. Children learn how, need to learn how to obey. And you say, why is that important? Because obedience is not naturally something that happens in their life. It is not natural for us to obey. Our human flesh rebels against obedience. It's the opposite. Our flesh craves to be in control and to do what I want to do constantly. I remember when Logan was a little boy, he was, uh, we, were, we were putting him in the van in his car seat. And, and I, I was setting him down. He was only like three months old. He was just little. And I just remember putting him down in there. And he knew that he was going to be in that car seat. And he, re, he, he didn't want to be in there. And he stiffened up and, he, and he, he stretched himself out so that I couldn't force him in there. And I just remembered that nobody had to teach him to do that. It was, I was having him do something that I knew he needed to do for his safety and importance that he was saying, I'm not going to let you do this. It's human nature for us to do this. Kids grow up, they take other kids' toys because they want it. They push kids out of the way because you were in my way. They take things, drink things, spill things, break things because it's in human nature to do it, lie and cover it up. You think about even Adam and Eve, they started off the world with their flesh by disobeying God. It's, it's in all of us. And so obedience and submission have to be taught. It has to be cultivated. It has to be nurtured in their life. It takes discipline. It takes time. It, it takes involvement. It takes attention. I'll, I'll tell you, this is, this is what we don't like. It takes work. It's hard work. Teaching our kids to obey this important basic principle in their life is one of the hardest things that you'll do in life. It is harder than building a business. It's harder than most things that we do in our life. And it, it, it's so important. I, I remember being in Walmart. And this mom was going up to the register and this kid saw something. I can't remember if it was candy or toy or something like that. And they really wanted it. And I remember this child pitching a fit and mom did nothing. She did nothing. And the child started throwing himself on the floor and trying to get attention. You know why? Because your flesh will fight, fight, fight till it gets what it wants. And then the child got up and started beating on the mom. And then the little boy went over and grabbed the mom 
turned his mouth sideways and just started biting in on his mom's leg and biting her until she got hit until that little boy got the, the mom's attention say why is that it's natural to do you say that's not natural no you realize that in the heart of all of us it's terrible but it's natural the bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child it's bound there foolishness doing what you want doing dumb things is in all of us to do. It's natural for a child to do whatever he feels like he wants to do. The same way that it's natural for your dog to come and pee on your carpet. You say, well, I don't want that. You're right, it's not right. It's not the way that you want it to be. So it has to be corrected, has to be addressed, has to be taught. These kids grow up and they can't function in society and everything in their life begins to fall out apart, out of, fall apart because of the fact that this basic principle wasn't taught how to obey in the home. The world will come back and say, well, that's just a bad egg or he's just a troubled child or whatever. No, a lot of times it comes right from this environment right here that it wasn't taught here. Here's the next thing. Children learn who to obey. It's just not how to obey, who to Notice Ephesians 6.1, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. It addresses parents. God is a God of order, and God has established his order for the home, an order for us to be able to follow. And parents represent the authority of the one given the instructions or given the authority or drawing the boundaries. God, God, from a child, when a kid doesn't know, from the very beginning, that parent picks him up and begins to teach him this teaching them to submit to authority that you've placed over them, to submit to the authority that God has given you. See, it says in the Lord, they are submitting to God through you. They're submitting to God through parents. See, parents represent God. From, from the point that a child is born, they're not sitting there saying, God, what do you want me to do? They're looking at parents saying, what am I supposed to do? They're following you to eat, to survive, to protect them, to care, to support. We, we teach them what faithfulness is, and we're always there for them. We pick them up. You think about it, everything that a parent is to a child is what God is to us. They're not going to understand God at the beginning, but they will understand you. And then God steps in and says, I am your heavenly father. They learn this basic principles. See, parents are not the replacement for God. Parents are reflection of God. Eventually, the time will come that they'll move out of that umbrella of authority that they're submitting to, to another umbrella of authority. And, and they'll begin their own thing. The Bible even says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. It doesn't mean to disown them or run away from them. It literally means that they're going to leave their, the authority, that umbrella of submitting to them, and they'll cleave unto their wife, and they shall be one flesh. And then the process starts over again. But until this day comes, God has established parents to represent the authority to draw the boundaries or give them the example of who to submit to. And this God created the home to create this environment for this. It's an environment of truth. It's an environment for love. It's, an, it's, it's where they witness honesty and integrity. It's where it's lived out all the way around them every single day. It's not a lesson that you bring them down and say, all right, here's a chalkboard. Here's lesson number one. Life is the lesson. Here we're, we're learning things that kids are struggling with. Like they're trying to, they grow up and they say, I'm just trying to find myself. I'm trying to find my identity. When the Bible describes all of this, all of this comes from God. And the Bible says that I'm going to give this to you to teach them. And you represent God in all these things so that they know these things in their life. 
The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.15, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. You think about what Paul was telling Timothy. He said, from a little boy you were raised to know what was right, the purpose of life and everything that's going on, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You teaching them and representing Christ as the authority in their home You represent God and you give them wisdom that will change their life. They're submitting to that wisdom by submitting to God through you in their life. Here's the next thing. In the home, children are learned why to obey. Don't miss this. Oh, don't miss this. Children are taught to learn why to obey. Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. God was saying, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is the way that it works. This is right. This is God's plan. See, here's the thing. God's ways work. God's plan works. How will kids ever know that? Well, they're going to know that from you. They're going to learn that from you. Because as you teach them to obey and who to obey and how to obey, you are putting them on that track to have success in their life. You're teaching them that this is how life works. People grow up and they end up taking their lives and suicide and going into drugs and drinking and everything else and smoking weed, anything to cope with what life. God didn't create us just to cope through life. We're supposed to thrive in life. God's given us everything and equipped us with the things to make it. So think about that. If this is the way that God's ways work, what is the opposite? Teaching our kids not to obey or they don't learn how to obey, they don't learn how to submit, you're teaching them how to fail. You're teaching them how to go through life and not have success in a job and not have success in a family and not have success in marriages. See, it it is so important for us to understand this. When it happens right in the home, they know it works because they've experienced for themselves. Anything that we're convinced of in life came normally from experience. It's like, how how do you know I I have... um, in my driveway right out there right now, I have my third Honda Odyssey. Third Honda Odyssey. I bought my first one because somebody recommended it and said, if you get a Honda Odyssey, it's trustworthy because I had a Chrysler before that and it was broke down all the time. So I bought my first Honda Odyssey and it worked. Then we were getting ready for another van to, to take care of our family with and I said, I know what I'm getting, another Honda Odyssey. My third van, another Honda Odyssey because I found what works. It gets into our heads where we follow after that. When, when kids grow up and they rebel against everything that we've taught them in churches because they've not been convinced, or a lot of times, they've not been convinced that it works. Now, don't get me wrong. Kids have a free nature. If Adam and Eve sin and Judas sin and they've rejected God, it's not uncommon that kids are going to grow up and do their own thing. But I'm saying for the most part of these principles, if they don't have an example that it works, they have nothing to believe in to follow. The next verse, listen to this, this applies, and sometimes we don't apply this. It says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It goes from children obey your parents to children honor your parents. Now, this is so cool if you look at it from this perspective. We look at it from the perspective of the kids, but let's look at it from the perspective of the parents. See, children obey your parents never changes. Because of the fact is, uh, 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 as long as they're in the home, the children are to submit under that authority because they're under this roof of authority, this place that God has placed them to submit. 
So as long as they're your children in your home and you're raising them to, in the nurture and admission of the Lord, they're, they're your that authority. But then the Bible says one day that's going to shift and that's going to change. But what doesn't change is the honor thy father and mother. There's a difference between children obey and children honor. See, if we look at it from the perspective of children understanding that once they leave the home, they look back at their parents, and that word honor means this. It means to prize or fix a value upon. It means to revere or value. Kids leave the home and they look back at you and what you taught them and how you taught them and how the life that you taught them lines up with God's word. And all of a sudden that set them on a track of success. And the Bible says what comes out of their life is this. Thank you. You taught me. I have a good marriage because I saw a good marriage. I, I, I have, I've been able to be faithful at my job because you taught me the boundaries of uh, respect and obedience. You, you taught me to submit to my boss. You taught me to submit to authority. You've taught me all these things. And that respect, they'll look back, back at you and thank you for what you taught them. Not frustrating because they were never taught discipline in these things. And I thought about my parents in my home and I can vouch for these things. My parents taught me the value of church. They, they, they taught me the consistency to go to church. My dad and my mom taught me to work. They taught me how to use my hands. They, they taught me how to value money. They taught me how to tithe and give and put God first. They taught me how to, what, what discipline was. They, they taught me how to value America and the things that we've been blessed with. And I look back at all these things and I praise God for my parents. I praise God for the lessons. I hold my mom and dad in high value. Uh, a, a while back, a little year and a half ago, I, I spoke at my dad's funeral. And I was able to stand at that pulpit and be able to name stories and principles and character that my dad installed in my life. He, he taught me in my life that allowed me to be where I'm at today. And I gave God the glory and the praise for it because of what he taught me. I now live these things out and it's real and it works and it is effective because God taught me these things through my parents living out these principles. They followed God's plan and it set me up for success. Let me ask you this question. Are you setting your kids up for success? Are, are you teaching them? And you say, well, I don't want to correct my kids or I want to be... No, no, no. Are, are you teaching them to obey and to submit the way that God has so that they can have success in their life? I was able to avoid so much heartache in my life because of what they taught me. It says, Ephesians 6, 3, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. See, the second part of this that God says that the reason why is God, God's way brings blessings. God said, it will be well with you. How, how cool is that? Now, kids don't understand that growing up, that they're going to pick up their toys or clean their room or come back at a certain time and respect your authority of your curfew. They're, they're not understanding, well, that what makes it well with me. No, they don't even get that. You do. Because God taught you that. You're that authority in their life to teach them that. But you set them up. You're teaching them what works. You're teaching why it works, that submission and authority and respect and obedience then they live this out. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6 says this. This applies to their education and who they marry. What you're teaching them of discipline and respect and obedience to your commands and leadership now. 
sets them up for later to be able to have that in their home, in their marriage, with their kids, how they raise their kids and how they view their job. And God made a promise. It's going to go well with you. Now, I know in the Old Testament that you live long upon the earth meant a lot of things because of the fact is that they had the law and, and kids would be stoned and killed if they didn't obey their parents. And now we live in the dispensation of grace and it's a totally different thing. They don't live in fear because of the fact is that they're going to be put to that kind of punishment. But it does teach them to stay away from stupid things in their life to live out things well. They know not to run in front of a car because you taught them to obey your voice because of that. And they grow up living those principles to obey the voice of authority. I was driving home from uh, the church the other day, and, and there was all this traffic and everything, and this guy was being impatient, and he was swerving in and out of traffic, and he couldn't wait to get past these cars that were doing the speed limit. And it was a double line, and there's cars coming the other way, and he broke the double line, went and, uh, and sped up in front of those cars and did that. He could have taken somebody's life. He could have taken his life on that moment right there. Why? No self-discipline. No submitting to authority. I could care less what the signs say. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's the same thing as a kid not picking up his toys or whatever. I don't care what authority says. I want to do my own thing. And other people suffer because of that. See, we teach boundaries to our kids when it comes to sexuality and, 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 and sex before marriage. Why? Then it may we be well with them. They don't get this now because one day they'll be able to get married and not have to look back at the fact that they have an STD from them living it up and not living their own way. You set them up for success when they can have a job because you, you taught them to, to obey their parents and do what's right so that they can do a job and obey their authority and do what's right. You set them up. Now this principle applies to life. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, this is truth and this is what works. But it brings us to our second point of God's plan for parents in the home. Now look down in verse 4 with me. And it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It says fathers in this passage, not parents. And you think, well, wait a minute. It's parents that work together to raise up their kids. The two shall become one flesh. But remember that everything that God was teaching us was a God of order. Somebody had to be at the helm of the ship. Somebody has to be the leader. Somebody has to be out up front. We submit to God. We have authority in our lives. This was just another example of authority. But, but let me put it there as an example of this too, that men, you need to step up and lead. God has put you at the forefront of your family for them to look at you for authority and leadership, for them to know what to obey, who to obey, to look at you. Now, my heart breaks for some of you right now that are sitting there saying, but man, I'm a single mom, and you're playing the role of both of those men. And may, may God be with you, and God will give you the grace and the strength to do what you cannot do by yourself. And I know that. But I speak directly to these men that you, you're sitting there, and you're not doing your job, and you're not living these things out, and you're not teaching them to, who to, to follow and who to, to, who to respect because there's no respect that you're giving them. There's no education coming out of you. There's no authority of God's grace and truth that he's trying to get you to live out because you're rejecting that yourself. God, God created Adam first to follow God and then the family followed that. And God has this order for us as well. And so I know that parenting is a team, but he addresses at the beginning, even though he's talking to parents, he addresses and calls out the dad and says, by the way, this is your job, dad. Step up, dad. Be the leader. Don't put all this on your wife. You're to lead your wife and help your wife as well to be at the front of this. Homes should not have to struggle like this. 
but it breaks it down like this. God's plan is not to drive away our kids. And, and you say, well, of course it's not God's plan, but I think sometimes we do this. Look at what he's saying. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. What drives our kids away? Let me give you two things with this. Number one, hypocritical parents drive our kids away. When we sit there and say, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, we're teaching them that this is what works. This, this is what, how it's supposed to be. Children, obey your parents. Don't leave this out. In the Lord. It's supposed to be them putting themselves in that umbrella of what is right and honoring God. But it's supposed to be parents leading their kids in the Lord as well. Parents, you're to obey God first so that they have something to look to. Remember, parents are not a replacement of God. Parents are a reflection of God. If you're not reflecting what is right, then you're being a hypocrite. You're saying this is what a Christian home looks like, but they're not seeing it, and it falls apart. We say one thing and do another. We lose our temper, but we'll yell at our kids for doing it. We tell them to straighten up their attitude, but then we have a bad attitude. We sit there and tell them all these things that are supposed to be right and wrong. And then we don't do it ourselves. We're not living with integrity and honesty of ourselves. And all of a sudden, we have lost sight of what it means to do things in the Lord. We're literally meaning we're lining things up with the way of God. We have slowly adapted to what the world has done around us to where we've become passive. When we're not raising up obedience and raising up truth. And I'll tell you this, if, somebody, if you're not teaching them, somebody else is. I had a parent just this week that sent me this screenshot of, of an eighth grader's homework. They're, they're doing school at home, and I know most people, everybody's doing that right now. And one of them was like how to build relationships. Remember, this was to an eighth grader. And the instructions inside of that was literally about first step is holding hands, and it went through your first kiss, and way at the bottom was marriage. But in, in, in the between there and uh, there was talking about all these sexual things of sexual steps that you should be taking to advance your relationship with the opposite sex. And one of them was literally having sex with them and building up this relationship to do and that you say, that's not right. You're absolutely, it goes against what God has said. But if you're not teaching them what's right, the world is speaking up, speaking for you. And all of a sudden they're being educated in the wrong way. And you say, I thought you were talking about being hypocritical parents. Yes, if you're not teaching them what is right and you're saying that God is right, then we're robbing them of what is right. You're supposed to be teaching them what is right. And to say that you're giving the example is so hypocritical because you're robbing them of this. The Bible speaks of this in the last days. This also know that in the last days, perilous, difficult times will come. For men shall become lovers of their own self, coveters, boasters, proud, blasphemers, and disobedient to parents. Romans 1.30 says the same thing. You say, why is that? You say, why are they being disobedient? And could it be just for the simple fact that they have rebelled against the hypocrisy that they're seeing in the home, that what they're hearing in church and what the Bible says should be right and what they're hearing from you is not the same thing. And I think maybe some of it's just rebellion in the last days and some of it's just that people get away and some of it's simply that they're just not getting it from the parents that they should be getting it from. Hypocritical parents push our kids away from God's plan, but so does dysfunctional homes. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. We're literally teaching them that this is how it works. But you've got to think if they're in a home and environment that it's not working, they reject it. 
They're sitting there saying, I don't know what you say, but my home is not happy. There is not peace. Let me give you a perfect illustration of this, uh, of dysfunctional. We sit there and tell our kids, get out of bed. We're going to church. Kids, get out of bed. We need to go to church. So why is that? Because church is important. It's a vital part of our lives, and the Bible says so. Next Sunday, you're tired. You sleep in. You say nothing. You know what you're teaching your kids? That it's not a priority. It's not important. Sometimes sleep is more important. And I'm not saying that things don't come up in our lives, but we are, we've become dysfunctional where things are so up and down and there's no absolute truth and absolute right and wrong. And we say, why is this like this? It's because we get lazy. But I'll tell you, Monday morning when it's time for school, get up, you need to be in school. That's important. Five days a week, you'll make sure that they're there. But when it comes to church, it's passive. It's not important. And all of a sudden, life is, becomes dysfunctional because we have added so many things like our laptops and computers. We've added so many things to our lives that things become dysfunctional. They're not working. They slow down. They're not operating right. In the Christian life, our kids take like our laptops and, and things like that and just say, you know what? I'll throw it out the window. It doesn't work. It's just irritating. It's frustrating. It doesn't add up. It doesn't work. See, but God's plan is for us to daily invest in our kids. That is God's plan. It says in the rest of verse 4, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. To nurture, to educate or train them. Literally to discipline, correct, and chasten them is what the Bible says to correct them. This is your job, this home, this environment God has given us with your job, your, the intent of the plan that God's given us through this for you to nurture them. To literally, in every way of life, to be have enough time and attention with them to say, hey, that's not right. What did your schoolwork say? No, that's not right. Because let me point to you what is right. That's what nurture is. To correct them, to pull them back on base, to get them back on track. And I tell you, babies grow really slow. You, you have a newborn baby and they're not walking till 10, 12, 14 months. It takes time. Nurturing our kids takes time. That's something we don't have, is it? We've cluttered our lives so much that we don't have the time to nurture them. We don't have the attention to give them. We're exhausted. We're frustrated. We're run. We don't have time. We have time for sports. We have time for jobs and working overtime and, and watching the game on Saturday. But do we have the time to nurture? This is the admonition too, calling attention to. That's what admonition means. It literally means that root word to, to affect their intellect or their mind or their understanding. We bring to mind through our lives what is right. It's not just obedience of children, obey your parents. I told you what to do. No. We nurture them. We bring them up in an environment that cultivates that in their life. We become second nature to do what's right because of the fact that they've been raised to do what's right. They, they, they're not going and, 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 and put holes in the wall or tearing up the house and doing all these things because of like a wild animal would do because they've been taught what is right in structure. Are we doing that? Nurture and admonition the Lord. See, here's the thing. We do this through life. We do this through time. We do this through building memories. My boys and us, we've been working on doing a remodel thing in our, in our house and I get to show them how I do things and what, how, how educating them of this is the process. It's not just right and wrong, but it's right and wrong with everyday things of life. It's just spending time to build memories my, that my parents invested in me. Have you ever thought that we are the busiest generation ever? 
We run and we run and we run and we have cluttered our lives. And maybe God says, in order for you to get back to my plan, you need to go back into your life and push that reset button to get to clear out the, your desktops, to clear out the apps, to clear out the, the calendars, to get back to what matters most. And I'm not saying that we have to stay at home and homeschool and work from home for the rest of our lives. But some of the principles and the lessons that we're learning that God says, this is how it works. And they need you. They need the education. They need the teaching. Not a lesson from their youth pastor, not just in Sunday school that they get from you every single day in every part of life. It's time to reset. I have seen the videos and the pictures of people doing projects, walking through their neighborhoods, playing board games, putting together puzzles. I, I, I've had time with my family where we've had these fun, creative paint nights that we've done, and we've, we're, we're, we, we've had game nights, and we've done digital, digital game nights with other families and things like that just to laugh and be together. Have we lost this? I'm just going to ask you point blank. How are we doing to raise our kids in a nurturing environment of truth and obedience and submission and authority? How, how are we giving them that, 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 that attention that they need to raise them up in such an environment that they know what's right and wrong because we're there to see it. We're there to call it out and point attention to it. Are we failing with this? And maybe this whole COVID-19 is God's way of saying, you know what? You would have never slowed down. You would have never put your attention on these things. So God's calling us to a reset button in our lives. You're scrolling through your life saying, man, how can I fix this? And God says, get it back to the way that I created it to be.